Kevin. Hey, Joe. Hey, what time is it? It's time for another episode of Runtime Run Run Rundown. Let's, Let's go. go. Hey, buddy. Hey, Joe. It's Welcome an exciting back. time for JavaScript. Sure is. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. <laughs> um, lots of new things coming out. Yeah. Um, uh, I had a thought this morning, and I wanted to. I wanted to. I thought, oh, this would make a good, good little chatter before we get save into it the for the article. podcast. Yeah, yeah, save it for the save it for the podcast. Um, I was listening to the syntax podcast, and it was. Uh, it, this doesn't happen to me all the time, but this morning I was yelling into my podcast app. I was like, in, I mean, internally, I was yelling, I was walking my dog and I was yelling into it because I was listening to this recent episode where they were doing, uh, they're like stumped trivia, whatever the segment. I mean, and uh, oh, yeah, way, yeah, yeah. I like, I listened to this one the other day. Yeah. yeah. So like, by the way, like these guys, those guys are great. Like no, and they're smart and they know what they're doing. And I, this is nothing. There's no criticism of them. But I was like, yeah, of course. No, no, that's not, you're not saying enough. It's either it's wrong. One of them was wrong. And another one was, uh, was like, I was like that you're just not even scratching the surface. So I almost want to try and guess which one was wrong. Um, <laughs> and I wouldn't say remember like back. hard wrong, but they just kind of didn't like they, it, they got some things kind of wrong with what it was and it, it didn't it was the it was the one on on short circuiting uh, oh so, my god yes this is <laughs> yeah yes yeah. okay and by Go the ahead. way i also kind of like i i think those things are fun uh those kind of like trivia you javascript trivia or whatever it is but also like they kind of drive me crazy where it's like you know these super obscure questions this one is not a super obscure question but i think the term is a little obscure like short circuiting i don't often call it that but it's this thing where you add like logical and an or separators to you know you're doing like is valid and is a number and whatever you know you have a couple of chain yeah. logical operators that's also not the only thing that i've referred to as short circuiting which is sort of like there's a whole there's like another thing that i talk about with short circuiting but i can get to that when you're done um, yeah i think they, they talk about that too they talk about like short circuiting a for loop and i in my head i was like oh maybe like returning early from a function would be short that's what i tend that's to that's what of. i was thinking of yeah, yeah. but i think like technically short circuiting at least i don't know if it's like short circuiting an expression see now i'm gonna get stuff wrong but um but uh it's that short circuit because it, it because when you're when you're when the code is executing a, a chain of those logical separators it short circuits at the first one that is true right so if it's like or i guess it depends on the logical if you're if you're doing an and it'll it will go until the it'll it won't short circuit but if you're doing an or operator and the first one is true it's going to short circuit because it won't ever even execute the the second half of that operation. So the the way that they were talking about it, they were like, "Oh yeah, it's just optional chaining, and we don't even need those logical and separators anymore." And uh, anyway, it, it was one of those moments where I was like, "Come on, say a little more." The I actually used this the other day, um, doing like a. I think I talked about this another episode where I was like working on graph and tree problems a lot recently. And I wrote what ended up being a sort of unreadable thing after I finished it. I was like, this is super smart. And it was, it involved short circuiting where I was going down the left and right side of a binary tree. And it was like, go down the left side, recurse on the left and, and recurse on the right. So if you didn't find it on the left, you'd find it on the right. And I thought this was super smart. And then I came back like a day later. I'm like, what the fuck is going on in here? <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably why you shouldn't do stuff like that. Cause it's, 
it's like the difference of implicit versus explicit. Yeah. And if you're ever like in a, a human relationship with anybody, you always wish they were explicit and not implicit. And I think that's a good lesson to, to apply to many things. Like, oh, that's a good, that's a good rule of thumb. Yeah. 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 yeah just be explicit. Uh, state your needs. Yep. Say what you mean, and uh, that'll probably get you pretty far. And especially in code, is like I don't remember what this was doing and why. Uh, I also like didn't write a comment for it. But anyways, I think short circuiting is like a quick way to make unreadable code. And then there's that there's that that joke like Linus Torvalder, which I don't love quoting that guy. He's got some really terrible quotes, but he said like write code as if the person that has to maintain it is like a psychopath or something. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah. <laughs> so just write like the easiest, most unoffensive uh-huh. way to write something so you don't piss off the psychopath that has to come after you. That's great. Um, I love it. But uh, so that is a great, the stump things also, no one's ever asked me anything like that in an interview before is like a JavaScript trivia question. So oh, that's, they say they're for interviews. That's funny. Cause I have been asked that in an interview and, and them talking about it made me think about it. And I was like, I was thinking back to this interview that I had where somebody was asking me these, um, these questions like this, where it's like not exactly trivia, but it's sort of an open-ended question about, um, you know, describe, uh, what is short circuiting? It's like open-ended. It gives you a chance to talk a little bit about it, but it's like, not necessarily indicative of work you're going to be doing at, at, at a company. Like it, it just tells the interviewer that you can describe something well. And there, yeah, I guess, exactly. that's, you know, there is value in, in using clear language, but it's it, to me, that type of question is, doesn't send a clear signal to the interviewer that this person can write c- clean code or can write good code or, you know, can uh, do anything other than describe, you know, they've memorized the definition of a thing. Um, I complain yeah. constantly about like the state of uh, interviews and then I have no solutions. Because well, yeah, like, <laughs> because they're really, kind of, really hard. It's, it's really hard to, to, yeah, yeah. to have a good interview problem. Like, oh, you'd like give them take homes and then well, but I can't learn enough from that. And then they're like, well, give them, you know, whiteboarding problems. I'm like, ah, but then we don't know if they can code. It's like such yeah. a difficult problem to assess talent. I know. Um, but, you basically just need to have them work there for three months and then be like, you got the job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not the, that's an idea. Right. We can start this idea. Okay. All right, uh, before so, uh, we get too far afield. Um, yeah, I got a question for what, you. What? Uh, what you reading? I'm currently reading an article called Testing Buns, uh-oh, Compatibility with Node.js and Speed with a Complex Application. All right. Uh, and I said, uh oh, because Bun is the super new hotness that is out there in all the videos and blog posts that it's replacing the thing that was already replacing Node. Yeah. Because um, we have we have Node and then Deno, uh oh, and then Bun, uh oh, and then th- there's going to be another one. There's uh, another one. I heard Fresh. I haven't looked into Fresh, but oh, I heard man, another I was one. joking, I and it's like, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's terrible. Um, so, Joe, give us the TL. Oh, no, it's my turn to give it's the your TL turn. <laughs> So I'm going to so, give you the so TLDR. Evan, this give us article. the TLDR. <laughs> okay, we can cut that in post. Uh, <laughs> the TLDR of this article is that there was an attempt. I don't know if you've ever seen the uh, the subreddit, there was an attempt. Yes. So there was an attempt to do a bun compatibility and speed test with, complex, with a complex application, and it failed. Yeah. The funny part of this article is that there's a huge caveat right at the top that says, none of this actually worked the way I thought it did. It was actually (laughs) 
running node in the background. <laughs> <laughs> not even in the background. Like it was running node for his performance right. stuff. Like not right. he bun was like, at all. there's no difference between node and bun. <laughs> and it was because there was no difference and mm-hmm. bun wasn't even running. Uh, and there's like a, there's a reason why it was still a compelling article because yep. without that um, sort of minor detail, the, the basis of the article is that he wanted to test bun on something other than what almost everybody else does, which is like really simple performance tests. So he even calls it out here that there's something called the trap of simple performance tests. So the, the whole article was based around how do I make something that's harder, more complex, more real world and test what is like a new hot something. And in this case, it's a JavaScript runtime called bun. And we should talk a little bit more about like, what is bun? Because I don't know if everybody is uh, like reading every blog post out there. Yeah, but this I article is- was not. I had to like, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah. That's part of my TLDR. Okay, bun is a new JavaScript runtime, uh, which is like Node is a JavaScript runtime. Uh, Deno is a JavaScript runtime. And then bun is a new JavaScript runtime. Yep. And this is, bun is supposed to be a million times faster than everything. It's the, it's the greatest thing. It's obviously like in beta and it's not fully published yet. But this article was, how do we test bun against Node with a complex application to see how it does in a real world scenario? And- that's the TLDR of the article. That's great. Um, that yeah, it. I I I have been hearing a lot about Bun, and my my you my like typical reaction to when I hear a lot of people talking about a hot new thing is like I'm gonna just wait. I'm gonna wait, and I'm gonna like I don't know. The frameworks spring up so quickly that I'm kind of like in order for me to kind of have any sort of understanding of any of them, I need to not pay attention to eighty percent of them. So I wasn't really paying attention to it. And I also wasn't really paying attention to it because I thought it was just a new build tool. I was like, okay, that's kind of interesting. But like, that's what I thought as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I was like, we have ES build, or I mean, ES build aside, like we, you know, we have Webpack, we have Parcel, we have Rollup, we have all of these build tools. Then you have the new generation, which is like ES build, uh, which is built in Rust. We have SWC, which is, I think, built in Go or Rust. Um, I think it's Rust. And, um, and, and then there's like Rome, which is this thing that's like often on the horizon coming from uh, some of the Facebook people, which is kind of like an everything in one build uh, test. It's all trying to wrap everything into one uh, package. But so I kind of was like, okay, fun, whatever. It's another fast build tool. I'm sure it's fine. Um, but then I then I was like, oh, this is not just... Then I watched this this video, this... Um, what's, what's the guy's name? You know the... Um, yeah, Fireship. Fireship, yeah. You, yeah, uh, Fireship.io did a code report on it. And if you're not yeah. watching Fireship.io, he has like a very particular style of video, but um, it's a great way to stay on top of things because he'll do like a whole topic in 100 seconds. And it's just like, you know, it's hard to keep up in the industry. So someone like that is doing a real service. Yeah, it, it was really good. So I, I saw that uh, I saw that video. We'll link that in the, in the description. Um, and that was when I realized, oh, Bun is not just a build tool. Bun is a whole new JavaScript runtime, like you mentioned. It's like in the same space as like Node or Deno, um, it, but it's built on. This is kind of like an implementation detail, but it's built on uh, JavaScript Core instead of V8. So it uses uh, the Safari engine, which apparently, I, again, I didn't know this, but apparently, the Safari engine. Um, has some like performance benefits, except it's typically not used because I guess I, what I read is that the, uh, it's harder to work with than V8. So, so that was when, you know, when I realized Bun is, oh, Bun is a completely different runtime uh, and includes a lot of nice things. It sounds like it, it includes uh, TSX and um, 
uh, or sorry, includes TypeScript and JSX compilation, like just as part of the baseline. Yeah, it, the compiler is built right in. Yeah. yeah, it's built right in. It's also fully compatible with NPM, or at least like mostly, you know, they're working towards it being fully compatible, which is a big difference from Deno because Deno is not compatible with the Node ecosystem. Um, that was when I started to take notice and be like, oh, okay, this is actually something more interesting than what I thought it was. Yeah, um, a couple other details. Bun is also written in a completely different language. So I think Deno and Node are both like C++ or something. Um, and Bun is written in Zig, Zig, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Zig yeah. is like some new... I don't, it's a I don't, new language. I, it's a I, new I, JavaScript <laughs> runtime written in a new language. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a lot of new. Um, yeah, and Bun is written in Zig and it has, I think it's like 80 to 90% of the surface area of the Node API. And they're working to make it a complete one-to-one, -one, which, yeah, again, with Deno, that is not the case. So Deno has its own sort of package, uh, like not registry, I don't know, for like Deno-specific things that you can install, which which kind of like cuts off a lot of the user base because a lot of people are in Node and they're going to want access to the things they have access to in Node. Yeah. And Bun would be that answer for them. Um, That's right. Yeah. Bun, though, and this is part of the article, is... Bun is really new and yeah. you see when something like this comes out, you see lots and lots of people. And by lots, I mean, if you're plugged into, if you like read posts and stuff at all, you're going to see a lot of stuff on bun and it is like prevailing, prevailingly positive stuff. They're like, this is way the, they're like clickbaity article titles. And I don't begrudge anybody that, but it's like, this is the fastest thing ever. It's way faster yeah. than go. You don't need rust anymore. And then right. like, you don't need anything. Um, like, 35,000 times faster than V8. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, so I watched a couple of videos. So, um, a couple, like Theo from Ping did one about like how much faster Bun is. But it's like I set up a simple server side rendered application and I hit it from like a Vercel deploy and tested how fast the response time came back, which is like how fast can Bun compile and send back a very simple HTML file, which doesn't feel like something you build a farm on, you know, it does, it's so that's mm -hmm. like this article talks about the, um, the simple, the trap of simple performance tests. So this article author built like a, like a large complex test case, uh, with like a static website generator, which is like a, a lot of asset copying, file copying, tons of stuff that happens um to see bun's runtime performance now obviously like it didn't work the way that he wanted it to but i love the idea of doing something like that and the yep. rigor with which he went about doing it which is like i'm going to put this through some actual paces even though it's in beta we get that but it's like i'm putting yep. it through actual paces where we don't get we've talked about this a couple of, uh a couple episodes already where it's like we're just going to do another toy app and show how great this thing is and just miss like a whole side of development that you only find out much later about after you've made the choice with your like novelty token. Like I'm going to use bun this time because it's going to give me, you know, faster performance in my server side rendering or something. And then you run into like a wall of problems because no one really pushed the boundaries on something that is new in many respects. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Um, and we were also talking about this primogen video that I'll link to that in the description too, where he does kind of a similar thing. He like, it's, it's a little bit less of a real world, real world situation, but he builds a 
three different servers, one in Node, one in Bun, and one in Rust, and puts them through what seems to also be a pretty rigor- rigorous um, uh, test. You know, where he's he's uh, he's hammering it with with uh, requests and and seeing how they how they perform under all of these different load conditions, and he does it in what seems to be a really uh, rigorous way, which which you pointed out. Um, we, we could, let's talk about that in a minute because uh, it ties into the other piece of this article, which is like this article starts with a huge disclaimer that's like, oh, I wasn't running this in bun at all, like during my performance tests. But also it goes on to say um, that that um, basically the, the person who, uh, yeah, so it's one guy behind bun, by the way. It's this one, it's this one guy who's who's doing all the work and like good for that guy. Like that guy sounds like a, a, a that sounds incredible marvel. Yeah. 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 So, um, but, but it's good to remember that it's, it's one guy building it, one person building this thing. And, um, so, he, so he reached out to the article, to the author of this article and he said, Oh, uh, that this, here's why this doesn't work. And like, you're actually using node. Um, and he said, this will work in, in version 0.1.4. And so the guy tries to update from 0.1.3 to 0.1.4. And he runs into, he said he like just couldn't run it. He like ran into all these compatibility issues and with a patch. And it's not like, a, it's still pre-release. So it's like, it's not like going from, you know, version 16.2 to, you know, it's it's a patch, but it's, but it's pre-release. Yeah, but you so. wouldn't expect a patch to be like a fundamentally different. Exactly. Um, like, you know, worldview uh, patch should just be like, oh, there was a bug, fixed it. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, so, uh, all that is to say, like, it is a very early stage, uh, early stage, like, uh, runtime. And, um, it, yeah, it's just, it, uh, this is the thing that I keep seeing with tools like ES build that everybody gets really excited about is they're, they're in alpha or beta, but they're not ready for, uh, at least I don't think a lot of them are ready for, for, um, production level uh, you know, pro, pro, whatever, just, they're just not ready for production. Some of them and they're supported by one person. So they're going to be really fragile for a little while. And like, that's fine. I'm not saying anything bad against these people who are developing them. It's it, but, but it's just like, they're not, I don't think they're ready when everyone is like, give me that thing. Let me, let me use it in my, you yeah. know, million dollar business or whatever. <laughs> the, what I, um, what gets lost a little bit, not lost, but what I do want to touch on is the author of this article, you take him at face value. This person was writing Java performance improvements at Sun Microsystems like 25 years ago. So this isn't somebody who's like, well, you know, kind of wet behind the ears trying out yeah. one for the first time. This is someone who's doing like hardcore performance improvements of a major language at a major company. Like, so they've, they've got 25, 30 years of experience. They still needed the author of Bun to point out that they set something up wrong. So it, that is not shade on literally anybody. What I mean is like when you see a video of some person on YouTube that's like Bun is the fastest shit I've ever seen. And they yeah. like set up some test. Just have a little grain of salt with it and say like maybe they didn't like did they even set it up right? Does this test make sense or is this... um you know, like confirmation bias testing where they pick the thing that the the bun is the best at right now and like test that and show, cause that's, what's going to get you more clicks. Like, you know, bun is a hundred times faster than node at this thing, but you don't say like, here's the 99 other things that it's not faster at. 
Um, yeah. which is part and parcel to just like grain of salt with all the, um, bombastic videos that you see with new tech like this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The, um, the other video, uh, that we were talking about earlier was this primogen video where, and this just kind of speaks more to, as if we need to say more about like, you know, beta applications, it's kind of, maybe, maybe it's a little bit, uh, a little bit repetitive, but he, he does what seems to be a pretty good job creating a performance testing situation and, uh, or a load testing situation. That's what it really is, is, is he's testing load with like a lot of requests and bun just dies. <laughs> like bun, he, sh he shows this graph of, of, uh, node compared to bun compared to rust and the bun line just stops after like, I forget what the numbers were, but it was like, he, he tried it at like a hundred, I forget it was a, it couldn't have been a hundred thousand requests. Hundred thousand. It was a hundred thousand. Yeah. Yeah. So we tried a hundred thousand requests, two hundred thousand requests, three hundred thousand concurrent requests, and Bun just dies after a hundred thousand. He said he got it up to like one hundred and fifty, but it was like it was seg faulting at that point. It was just uh, it was going yeah. very very bad. So it's cool. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to. I I mean, here's here's my takeaway. Like, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to take a crap on uh, new <laughs> development. You know, it's like uh, I, I think it's great what our ecosystem can do. We have so much exciting, and the fact that people want to do this in an ecosystem, like it's that's exciting to me that people want to take these chances and they want to build something new. Um, it's just the speed at which people uptake it and expect it to be ready for for production uh, is a little bit unnerving, um, but. That said, I do love uh, the 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 excitement with which people build these new tools. Yeah, I think there's some super exciting stuff. So, like with the the go full fanboy side, mm -hmm. if you can prove it out and get to a V1, and it is as fast as they say, um, then especially with like a lot of movement towards server-side rendering in general, if your server-side environment becomes much, much faster and you don't need to write it in something like Go or Rust, then you, you have like a force multiplier for your developer set and you can have much better time, you know, re like render times for your customers and all sorts of stuff gets better. Uh, so I think like I want that to be true. And I think that's super exciting. And I love that someone is attempting to do that where we're not just going to say like, well, no, we're going to need a, like a typed server-side language to make this work fast. We're going to do it in freaking JavaScript. <laughs> like, um, you know, which I, I always love like the, the attempt to make JavaScript the, the one true language to rule. I know. I think it's, it's funny how much it pisses people off. Like, yeah. I, you know, I was just an instigator in this regard. Uh, <laughs> I love seeing like people come from I don't know, whatever. I'm not a computer science guy. So people <laughs> come from those those types of backgrounds and they're like, JavaScript is dumb. And then I just love seeing it completely take over the industry. And someone's like, we're going to take your server-side language and just ruin it. And make." so I'm pulling for Bun. I'm definitely yeah. pulling for it. Um, the, the trend of like, we're going to make a bunch of videos. People are going to make videos and show how amazing this thing is before it's even in like an alpha. To me, I, I think is sort of problematic, I guess, for like newer, I guess like newer developers see it and they're like, wow, we should use bun for everything. And it doesn't really harm anything, but I feel like it does a bit of a disservice to the, to the people who've developed and worked on node for a really long time. Cause node gets shit on constantly yeah. ever since like Deno came out and yeah. then they're mad at them for not putting fetch in there and all this stuff. And it's just like, node is hard. People like that's hard, right. man. And they've right. been doing it for a really <laughs> long time for free. And yeah, 
you know, then you're like, well, Bun's way faster than you. And, you know, these people come out and they fanboy it. And then everybody looks at Node when the dust settles and like, well, I can't actually use Bun, but now I've like, it's worse than this imaginary thing. Yeah, <laughs> and it kind right. of makes me feel bad for the Node um, maintainers, yeah. which maybe I don't need to. I'm not trying to protect them or anything, but it's just this like, I'm trying to think of a metaphor, but I have this thing in my mind of like your, your cousin shows up with like a faster remote control car and then they leave and you just now you've you've seen that there's a faster car, but yeah. you can't use it every day and you just look at yours with a little less luster. Yep. And that seems to happen with stuff like this. Like there's no, you can't use it. And then everybody right. shows you how amazing it is. And then you're like, oh, and then you go back to writing note every day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's something about that that kind of makes me like a little wistful uh, for the node maintainers. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot like a prototype. It's a, like, it's like a, you know, you see a prototype and it's, it's like pristine. It's just, uh, oh, yeah. it, it looks like a wonderful product from the outside and look at how fast it goes and look at all the features. And then like, you don't see that it's like running with like a hamster with, uh, a hamster on, on a marionette, you know, a hamster controlling a puppet inside. It's not, uh, it's the not hamsters controlling the puppet. Yeah, it is. It's, <laughs> That's a talented hamster. He's the back puppet there. master hamster. Um, but it's, uh, but then you get that in your mind that like, oh, this is, this is possible, but it's, is it really possible at that point? You don't really know until you've built uh, a full app with it and you, you kind of figure out, cause I think it's kind of inevitable that when you're going from prototype to full production app, no matter what it is, if it's, if it's like software or, you know, I think this happens probably in a lot of domains, although I don't have experience in it is, um, is you just run into a lot of real world cases um, where you're you're not covering in the prototype. Yeah, and like five of the seven videos I watched a bunch of videos on Bun on YouTube. Like most of them, uh, the Prime Engine video was good. They talked about how it's in beta. Um, the Fireship IO one talked about how this is in beta. It's exciting. A lot of these videos that I watched make no mention of the fact that you really can't use Bun at all. Oh yeah. Um, which is kind of like, uh oh, <laughs> so yeah. I think if there was a big disclaimer right in the beginning, it says, don't do this yet. Wait, absolutely. Wait for V1. But yeah. I think the waiting for V1 is actually, I'm not a hundred percent sure is like a common thing across the industry. I think people do adopt technology before V1 in production use cases because it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't have any real evidence to back that up. But I have anecdotal yeah. evidence of friends who have used things before V1 came out yeah, um, and I, then they get hit with the V1. Remix right. was one of those. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it happens. Yeah. I mean, I think it, I think it happens, especially my guess would be in smaller companies, although I don't know for sure. Yeah. This is an agency. He's like, I'm going to use Remix for a client application and then got. Yeah, exactly. You're building V1 a one-off. Like agencies, I, I, I kind of feel like that's what a little bit what agencies are for is like, you know, Probably a lot of what well, maybe a lot of uh, these these beta feedback comes from agencies where people have a lot more leeway to, to use something that's maybe not fully baked. They don't have to. It's maybe one person building it. So they if they know what they're doing, they don't need a lot of support from another team. Um, yeah, the, the place where I think it um, you mentioned like new developers, the place where I think it could potentially be harmful to have this much uh, this many new tools coming out one after another with regards to new developers is it creates a little bit of like a, I remember a couple of years ago, there's this, this term JavaScript fatigue where people were yeah. just getting fatigued with the amount of new tooling come 
that was coming out in one framework after another, and, and you felt like you had to keep on top of it or else you wouldn't be able to write JavaScript in a, in a professional environment. And I, uh, that's the one danger, I think, for new developers especially, because if you've been developing for a couple of years, you see that like you're going to be fine. You're, people are still using Redux and still using jQuery. You know, it's like people still use these tools for a long time. But if you're just coming into it, you're like, oh, I got to learn all these tools. Oh, no, wait, here's a new tool I got to learn. Oh, no, wait, here's a new tool I got to learn. And uh, it could be a little overwhelming. Yeah, I mean, JavaScript fatigue is absolutely real. And I think we had a we had like a grace period. Um, I want to look fondly upon, was it 2019? Um, before, maybe 2018, before React 16 came out and hooks dropped, it was like, yeah. there was sort of this this state of the world where it was like you had Webpack and you had React 15, which was still yep. in classes. Everything yep. was, you, you knew React for like three years at that point and it was basically the same. Uh, there had been some modifications, but it was largely the same. And there was Redux and Apollo was like coming on, but you didn't really need to worry about it. And it just, there was like a whole year where it was like, man, I really know what I'm doing. And then it just all blew up. And then we're like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so like, and like the whole, like everything changed about, like we started moving to server-side development, a million new bundlers came out, pack, all this stuff just like exploded again. And I think we go in those phases. Um, if I think way back, it was, I remember like struggling to pick up uh, Gulp config a uh -huh. long time because I was like, there was a time when it was just building websites and then it became, no, now we have like pre-compiled tools, pre-processing tools. Yeah. I have to learn SAS and then I have to learn uh, like how to package my JavaScript files together with a gulp process. And I was like, what the hell am I doing with a JSON file? Like this sucks. Yeah. And then, you know, just like that started the whole thing, but we're definitely, we're in like a heavy JavaScript fatigue phase right yeah. now because so much is changing, especially like the very foundation of the way that you write JavaScript applications is changing where we moved to the to the client again for like a period of many years and now we're moving back to the server and now it's actually yep. mixed which is the most complicated yeah of the of like potential pathways and so now we're in like no we need to do both so now you need to do all of it and it's that feels like a little tough um yeah and then my part-time job is a Reddit Batman on random front end <laughs> um <laughs> on random me about like, this the other day yeah like I go on uh, subreddits related to front end development and just like defend people asking for help when graybeards come in and yell at them. But a lot of this is like, what do I need to know to be a new developer? And people will give them this just litany of things that you need to be an expert at. And they're like, you don't know X, you're an idiot. And then like, I just, I just will, I'll give them the caveat of like, you, you don't need to know, know it. Yeah. You need to be aware of it. Yeah. And like, no, take a course, like spend two hours. That's enough. Just have right. exposure to it. Because the key with JavaScript fatigue that I want to like teach people somehow is it's not about all the things you know. It's about your capability to learn. Yeah. So how fast can I learn something? And be like, be generally aware of a problem set such that you can speak to it in loose terms and then know where to dive in and then know that you've got the learning ability to do so. And then that takes a lot of the JavaScript fatigue away. Yeah, absolutely. I think back to when I was getting into development and I would see these flow charts that was, I was like, okay, what, what do I need to know to be a develop, to be a basic junior developer <laughs> and it'd awful, be like, yeah. start here. And it was like, uh, it was like the, 
the the uh the tree from uh lord of the rings where it like shows all everybody's heritage and stuff i'm like how where okay start here and then what um you need like a retina screen to zoom out like eight thousand pixels to see it all yeah exactly um but uh but uh, you know in the end i actually think that was really helpful but but i needed to kind of like shift my mindset in out of i need to know all of these things inside and out and shift it into I need to just look, kind of be aware of, of what the tool does and what problem it solves. And I don't need to necessarily pick it up. But then it also gave me a blueprint to be like, okay, now I have time and now I can go be like, okay, what's, uh, I don't know, what's, I can't think of an example of any any of the things I was reading about, but like, um, yeah, it's just, it does give you kind of a blueprint to what's, you know, what's auth? I wanted to learn more. I didn't know anything about auth at the time. And I was like, oh, what's a, you know, what's a, what's a C-surf token? And then you go read about it and you're like, okay, I'm glad I had this blueprint to tell me that I should maybe know what a C-Surf token is. Shit, I'm going to write down C-Surf token. <laughs> C-Surf token. <laughs> go ahead. That's like auth in general. We should probably like wrap up this. Section. Yeah, I was just going to say um, this is per- perfect time to not have another 50-minute episode. No, I won't do a 50-minute episode. I'll just say auth is something. I don't do a lot of, and uh, yeah. it's like an area that I want to learn more of. Same. Learn more about. Yeah. Uh, but that's it. So now we want to move into our next section. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, we we only had we only made one intro, so we're this is uh this is our, we don't have an intro for either of these. Um, we're iterating everybody, all of our two listeners. We're probably there's nobody still listening to this at this point. All of if our anyone makes it to 33 like, minutes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> seven and a half minutes. <laughs> Yeah, it's my mom. It's just my yeah. mom listening. Yeah. Hi, hi, mom. Um, hi, mom. So, uh, but yeah. So, what's um, what uh, we didn't actually we didn't talk about this. What are you learning? Are we are we going to do what are you learning? We could do good gripes. Oh, good gripes. Good gripes <laughs> is a good one. I don't have a lot of gripes. Things are good. Um, let's see stuff that I'm learning. Well, Bun. Uh, I I spent some time learning Bun. Um, I also recently started looking into something called TRPC. Um, which hmm. is a way I don't really have a good answer. It's like end-to-end type-safe APIs, huh, and okay. it's supposed to be better than GraphQL. And that's I just recently watched a video where it said TRPC is better than GraphQL, and I said, "What the fuck is TRPC?" Interesting. So now I'm I'm gonna research it. So this is not what am I learning? It's what am I going to learn? Hmm. Um. And it's going to be TRPC. That's just cool. to see what the hell is that. And I like that. What about I like you? That. Um, I don't have. Let's see. I actually have a good gripe. So let's do a half and half. We'll do like a Ooh, psh, nice. psh, slice, okay, okay, slice okay. and dice. You do. What am I learning? I'm doing good gripes. Uh, my gripe is that I've been trying to record these little videos uh, for a test. For like we're doing an internal like testing. Um, uh, orientation course. I've been trying to learn. I've been trying to learn. I've been trying to record these videos all week, and like, man, it is tough to record a video all the way through. They're like live coding, so I'm doing some like I'm like typing and stuff, and it's not. That's, I, I don't get like I don't. They don't need to be perfect. I'm not concerned about like saying one wrong word. They're not scripted. I just kind of like do a lot of it off the top of my head, but inevitably I'll get. I'm trying to keep them short. I'm trying to keep them under 20 minutes. Inevitably, I get to like 15 minutes in and I do something wrong or I like 
I've realized I haven't actually like done this part of the app and I haven't like w- walked through this part of the app myself in a, in a while. Cause I, I, I'm working from some code that I wrote a couple of years ago and I'm realizing it's unfamiliar 15 minutes into this 20 minute video. And like, I just have to start over. So I've had to like start these videos over and over and over and, and I'm fit, but I'm done. I just finished this morning. So it's not really a gripe. I wrapped up the gripe, but that's my Congratulations. gripe. Yeah. Thank you. Just, I guess the, yeah, it's, that's my gripe. Just a question. Did, before you turn the camera on, did you attempt to run through the whole thing like in front of a mirror? I just, I stood in front of the mirror and I went, Babo Bihi, Babo Bihi, Babo Bihi. <laughs> I'm just curious. Like, I don't mean to, I don't mean to call you out, but I no. feel like, did, did you run through the damn thing that before w- you turned the camera I did on? Not. I, yeah, because I feel like the camera adds the problem here like if you just ran through it without trying to record it and realized you would have hit all the like if you talked it out exactly like you would it to the camera but you didn't have the camera you removed that like that problem <laughs> look <you> just... look <laughs> look can i just have my grip? I'm doing it live dude i'm doing it live <laughs> i wanted it to be natural so, so I'll, expl- <laughs> I, I'll explain why I didn't do that. It was really dumb, but um, but uh, I, <laughs> your face the is really reason priceless w- <laughs> when I'm saying it. I know you can't say it's a podcast, but he's like, "You fucker!" Like, <laughs> um, well, the reason why I didn't do it this time, I, I mean, yes, I should have done that. The reason why I didn't do it this time was I did that the last time I gave this uh, presentation, and um, so I thought I had it under wraps. I was like, "Yeah, you know, who forgets things after two years? Nobody, certainly not me." Never. So that's yeah, that's why I didn't do it. I should have done it. Long, long, long story short, I should have done it. No, I get it. You want to do it live? You want to be natural? Yep. Uh, and and there's nothing more natural than saying something you've just said six times in a row. <laughs> They're going to feel uh, that naturalness. They They're going to be like, wow. This hey, is not welcome back to the next video. <laughs> it's Joe doing this <laughs> shit again. <laughs> uh-huh. I love testing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad so it's done. I'm glad it's done too. Let's move on to our next and final segment, which we still, we this one we need. Oh, we can do, we can do a little impromptu intro. Uh, let's sail away on the good news cruise. You want to do the foghorn? Evan, you want to do the foghorn? Beetle. <laughs> um, <laughs> the seagull. What's yeah. your good news, Joe? So my good news uh, is another, it's sort of like, it's not personal good news, but it's like local good news, uh, which I feel like I'm, I'm good for on this show. I'm like bringing you the latest good news in, in outer, in outer metro Boston. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the, the Brookline Booksmith in Coolidge Corner uh, I haven't been, I haven't been to Coolidge Corner in like, I don't know, f- over maybe 10 years or something like that. Uh, Brookline Booksmith is thriving, has been thriving during, uh, during the pandemic, which I was really happy to see It's doubled in size. Um, yeah, they're expanding. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. They have like a great kid section. They have a Japanese section. They would, I was, I like went, I actually, I've been looking for like a Jap- a book with some kind of Japanese anything and they have a whole section. I couldn't believe it. I was flabbergasted when i saw that what's um yes that's awesome did i tell you flabbergasted what is <laughs> awesome is i was at a wedding uh not two weeks ago it doesn't matter and we were, we were stuck at like a random table of <laughs> it's just like you know when you go to a wedding you're like at the table it doesn't really know you like know one of the people in the wedding so they put you at sort of this like reject table it ended up being this awesome table full of really interesting people 
Um, and one of the people works at the at that bookstore. She was oh, talking nice. about that's funny. Uh, she was talking about how they're thriving and how they're defeating, you know, Amazon. Uh, you know, they can't ruin them because they've got like a heartfelt bookstore. And I thought that was really cool. That's great. Maybe maybe I met this person when I was there last weekend. You you never know. You might have. All right. Um, uh, is that going to do it? Did you, uh, oh, wait, that's not, that wasn't your good news, was it? No, I was just no. saying that I knew the person that worked at the bookstore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's the, my, my good news? What's your is, good news? Um, it's also, it's personal good news because no one has made it to this point of the episode. So this is just me yeah. talking to Joe. Yeah. There's also <laughs> um, no good news in the world uh, right now. So oof, it has to I know. Be I went on good news, like the goodnewshub.com. It's literally empty. There's just <laughs> it's nothing like, there. It's like, sorry, closed it's for just under turn back now. Yeah. <laughs> It's literally articles about like what to do about climate change. It's not even oh. good news anymore. It's like, oh. please help. Um, okay. Personal good news. For a number of years, I've been really passionate about a very obscure and pretty dumb sport called powerlifting. And um, recently I have taken on a number of clients and I'm now training them to be competitive in powerlifting. So I have my own app and uh, I have now seven total people that rely Whoa. on me for- they're training and they're all competing in October at the same competition. And, um, this week was sort of the first week of that training where everybody was coming to me for this stuff, which felt like a really cool ascension where I was, I came to this gym two and a half years ago and I was looking to everybody else for help. And now, um, they're coming to me and that felt really cool. And everybody's just doing an awesome job. Um, so I love strength sports because I love seeing people, push through things that they didn't expect that they could do and to see the look in their face after they do it. I've seen some pretty remarkable things come from pretty nice, normal looking folks. And I love seeing stuff like that. So I look forward to October when I can see people do really cool stuff. But I just thought that was, that was like very, um, felt very good. It's like, I have a good community and I've got some people that are working through my programming, which I have like fully nerded out on for two years. I've been working on <laughs> what I believe to be the most highly optimized strength building program that's ever been made science backed and uh, TBD. We'll see how they do. That's great. That, that is good news. Do you see who, did you see you have an app? I do. Yeah. Like, like your own app or like you, you yeah. are like uh, on a, Oh wow. All right. Oh, we'll yeah. have to link that in the description too. In case you're, I won't in link case that. you're, no, it's, it's no. not, it's not, no. Cause it costs me money anytime anyone uses it. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like white labeled a bunch of, uh, or allow labeled, sorry. Um, I don't actually know how you say that anymore, but like other services and strung a bunch of stuff together. So it's not exactly like I'm a gotcha, iOS gotcha. developer or anything like that, but yeah. I um, still, that's still cool. Strung it together. It has our cool logo and we have a team name. It's a white wolf powerlifting club. And, uh, that's the name of the gym, but man, that's it's, awesome. it's exciting stuff. Yeah. That's great. Well, that is good news. All right. On that note, we are going to, uh, get you out of here and we'll see you next week. See you next week, Joe. What's a good, how can we like put a bow on that?